Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 98 of Solid Saturday. Our today's guest, Nidhi Belani, an interview and people skills specialist, certified image consultant, NLP coach, ACTA, ACTA certified trainer and founder at Success Talks, a coaching academy based out of Singapore. And they work with career-oriented individuals globally to ask their interviews and get hired for their dream job by focusing on every aspect of interview preparation. She used to be an ex-cabin crew and trainer with Singapore Airlines and have taken the skills acquired from her 15 years of experience in training and service industry to build a community of over 50,000 followers and subscribers on her channel slash profile on YouTube and Instagram. Through her work mentioned above, over 500 cabin crew aspirants have successfully cleared their interview and flying as cabin crew or working in the customer service positions with leading airlines like Singapore Airlines, Silk Air, Malaysia Airlines, Qatar Airways, Emirates, Virgin Atlantic, Air Asia, Vistara, Indigo, SpiceJet, and many more. It is her mission to make both organizations as well as individuals find the right match for one another. Wow, this is something that we were waiting for to get somebody who is expert at training people and uh, get their dream jobs. So would you like to join me and welcome her on her, our 98th episode of Solid Saturday. And let's just welcome her and hear more about her career journey. How did she find her area of interest and managing to lead that? Hey, hi Nidhi. Very happy to have you on the show and very good morning to you. So uh, thank you so much for all your time and consideration to appear on this Solely Saturday episode. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. And uh, thank you to you to actually acknowledge my, um, you know, one of my intern's messages. Uh, she's been connecting me with people for podcasts and I think it, it, it definitely make, gives her a lot of confidence when people reply to her. Oh. So I think that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Great to hear. So to begin with, we have a very generic segment, which is more about exploring and letting audience know that how one can find their areas of expertise, interest or the passion. So the first question that we have is more or like, you know, when uh, we came across your profile, uh, you previously worked as a, as uh, in the airlines, actually so in Singapore airlines. And then after you shifted your career, career towards the coaching side and you now coach people to get their uh, interviews done and get into their dream jobs. So how did you find your areas of interest and what motivates you to be where you are today? Uh, so uh, it's not really a very newfound area of interest, to be honest, because uh, even before I joined Singapore Airlines, I was in the training field. So I've been actually in the coaching and training field for over 16, 17 years now. Um, back in India, uh, that is where I'm natively from. And uh, I, I was actually working uh, for companies and I used to do training. So uh, Singapore Airlines was more of a career change at that point in time <laughs> to explore something new and different. Uh, uh -huh. But I'm very happy that while I was flying for Singapore Airlines, I could continue the, the passion because um, Singapore Airlines actually has these opportunities where you could apply internally for such 
uh, posting. So when I was flying for Singapore Airlines, I was actually doing training for them as well. I used to be one of their in-house trainers. And I also used to do trainings on the outside. So uh, it was actually more of a continuing passion. What Singapore Airlines did allow me to, you know, uh, pursue and nurture. And yeah, when I quit in 2017, I sort of knew this is what I would do. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so along the line, actually, you found it and it was there inside you, as you mentioned, right? So even though you are working in the Singapore Airlines, you were knowing that, you know, you enjoy doing the trainings as well. So Absolutely. Yeah, so thank you so much for sharing it. And uh, our next segment is more about questions from the audience. And we have a couple of questions shortlisted for you. So the first question that we have is, what do you think of current recruitment system? Any changes or improvements would you like to see in the process? I think uh, it's a very generic question, but uh, we can limit it to the you know um, airline-specific jobs or something like that. So would you like to share more? Sure. Actually, I don't really train people who just go for airline. Uh, it's just that I found that as a niche to be able to connect with people and you know grow my social uh -huh. media platform because you have to have some sort of brand authority. And that's where I found my brand authority leadership, given my experience. Uh -huh. But we do train people for regular normal interviews as well. Uh -huh. So I'm happy to answer that question from that perspective. Uh -huh. um, so uh, definitely given the, the whole COVID situation that we all have been in last two years, two and a half years, I believe. Uh, the recruitment system definitely has changed from, you know, just getting people to doing face-to-face um, -face interviews to video interviews. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a major shift uh, for both um, HRs and at the same time for both the candidates. So mm -hmm. that, that has definitely changed, which I feel is actually good in a way, if you honestly ask me, because that does open up a lot of opportunities and breach that physical barrier a lot of times. Mm -hmm. uh, when you apply for interviews, because last time it used to be just submit your CV and then, you know, wait for like to be called for a walk-in or face-to-face -face assessment. But now you can just sit at your home and do a video interview and you can actually connect with people. Mm -hmm. So I think that has changed. Um, however, of course, uh, there has to be a bit more clarity because, you know, uh, when, when you put in these kind of systems in place, um, there's still not a lot of clarity in terms of applicant tracking system. A lot of companies use applicant tracking systems. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies don't. You know, there's there's not a lot of, a lot of clarity on that still uh, for both candidates and HRs, I believe. So that is something that I would definitely see one definitely would want to see improvement in uh, so that, you know, uh, we as interview coaches can actually give more clarity to our students. Uh, so that's one. And I also do think that, you know, uh, given the whole world of connecting with people professionally over um, you know, the internet has come a long way. Like LinkedIn has actually become a major source of connecting with people or, you know, uh, so, so that part has kind of changed as well. It's no longer just about, you know, going to the interview. It's really about building network, uh, having connections and just, you know, watching the industry progress from uh, the perspective of people that are involved in it. So I think that's, that is something that uh, candidates should also focus on and not just answering interview questions. So, so I feel that has kind of changed a lot for good or better. Uh, for, for me personally, I think it's, 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 it is for better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, one more question that we have under the same, same segment, which is what are transferable skills and why do you think those are more essential in growth or career change? 
So that's really interesting. And, uh, you know, uh, in fact, just recently, a lot of companies like, you know, Indeed, Forbes and all these companies have actually been putting up these articles about what are some of the essential skills or transferable skills that you need mm-hmm. in 2021-22. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, pr- primarily, you know, at the end of the day, when we when we apply for a job, um, experience, no experience, uh, we do look at certain skill sets, right? And and that's the whole idea of the job, whether you have the required skill sets. So even if you're like changing a career or transferring a job at the end of the day, there are certain skill sets that you would belong, you would bring along with you. And essentially those would be transferable skills. Primarily soft skills are considered to be the transferable skills most of the times. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that also has changed uh, given the recent, you know, uh, conditions that have been we've been going with, uh, essentially, a lot of people used to focus on communication skills, service skills, you know, uh, interpersonal skills. But I think uh, emotionally being intelligent uh, has come uh, through one of the very important key transferable skills that a lot of people do look for, uh, especially, you know, if you're hiring leaders or probably, you know, having thought leadership and these kind of things. So th- those things have also uh, come into the process. And I think that's really, really important, uh, especially when you're changing a career to actually bring along these kind of transferable skills with you, but also keep yourself relevant to the times and the changing environments. Mm-hmm. Okay. And some of the skills that you would like to mention, like, you know, uh, when we think about it, it's more or like a transferable, uh, what goes under that process? Like, you know, um, so, make- so as I said, you know, uh, communication skills. So mm-hmm. those are your transferable skills that you would bring over your interpersonal skills. You would bring over uh, your creativity. I think that's really important. Your mm-hmm. organization skills, your time management. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, being emotionally intelligent. I think that's a really important key skill that a lot of people miss out on. Um, if you're applying for leadership related positions, your thought leadership, mm-hmm. um, resource management and a lot of different things. So those would be some of the transferable skills that I would definitely focus on uh, when you are you know, either growing or probably looking at a career change yeah so it is uh, surrounding yourself with all kind of uh, possibilities like you know it is more or like entrepreneur skills i would go that way like (laughs) yes of course it depends on the job that you're applying for but i feel and this is what i tell people you know a lot of times uh just just to talk a little bit on this area a lot of times you know people people tell me that i don't have customer service experience when I'm applying for like a service related job. And I always tell people like, that's all right. Even if you're sitting, someone who's sitting behind the desk, you have colleagues that you talk to, right? It's not like you only just talk to yourself and, and you are actually communicating. You are using your interpersonal skills. You just have to look from a different perspective. So at the end of the day, it's all about how you present those skills also does make a lot of difference. Yep, yep. And how do you think like uh, wordings or the resume count more in this particular process of an interview when it comes to, you know, job? Oh, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know, that just, uh, you know, you have to change your perspective and look into the things like even though you don't have the customer uh, facing experience, you can look into the things, the project you worked in and you have to just understand a different perspective of it and mention it in the resume or showing it in the resume, right? Absolutely. I think you completed it uh, better than I would have. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. And uh, we have a fun segment now, which is more or like, you know, relaxation segment for this particular episode. And what we are going to do here is I'm going to give you three keywords, which are more or associated with your uh, 
profile or the career and you have to just tell me whatever comes to your mind so it can be kind of abstract definition it can be a replacement keyword or it can be anything after hearing all those three words if you would like to come up with something creative you can do that as well so are you ready yes <laughs> so we are talking a lot more about this word actually so the first word we have is interview confidence <laughs> important <laughs> and Definitely. i think you have to understand that i think the uh, the smallest like you know uh, silver line between the confidence and the overconfidence so <laughs> that is also very important uh, so true so yeah. true so thank you so much for sharing and the second keyword that we have is success believing in yourself <laughs> is very that is very very important actually and uh, the third keyword that we have is people um conversations i think uh, that's what i would say what kind of like when we so i mean i'm just going back to interviews since we're so engrossed with the whole interview i mean you know um when people go for interviews uh, people look at interviewers as these <laughs> <laughs> you know people who are uh, you you know who are going to decide life and death situations which is sort of true but in the end of the day i mean they are people right and all they want to do is have conversations they want to they want to talk to you yeah. they i mean of course it's their job to ask you questions to to ascertain whether you are fit for the job role but it's not really a question answer session i mean i, I guess they're also get get they also get tired of just listening yeah, to like the same true. repetitive answers <laughs> yeah that's very true actually so it is more over uh, one person told me it is more over about you know uh, recruitment or the hiring is there to help you actually it's not about uh test you or something so they are always there to help you if you have any questions you can again ask prior to the interviews as well so that is very very important that you approach as well once you get the interview calls and ask the questions proactively uh, to the hiring recruiter so that you know they can give us give you the little more idea about it That's so, yeah so thank you so much and you really did, did well actually because you came up with the replacement keywords and i really appreciate that uh moving towards our next segment which is more or about knowing you more so we are going to explore little more about your career work or volunteering and the question that we have is you know how to deal with peer competition in interviews and develop a confident mindset Yeah this is one of my favorite uh, topics actually. <laughs> so um so let me actually divide this into three categories because I feel these are three phases in an interview which are really really important which is where uh we either feel the competition or our confidence does take a hit sometimes. So mm-hmm. let's start off with maybe pre-interviews. Uh-huh. I feel that's a really important aspect of your preparation. and uh, i think one of the things a lot of people don't do right when it comes to uh, dealing with competition is uh, preparation uh, so when people prepare it's very important to prepare in the right direction i feel and with the right feedback i think that's really important you know if you keep doing the same thing 1000 times the wrong way the result that you will get is probably the wrong as well and then you keep asking yourself why i did not nail that interview and why i did not get through uh so you know just just a small example of standing in practicing in front of the mirror so you know that is something that has been like a uh 
you know, a thing to do, <laughs> right? Everybody tells you, hey, you should look into the mirror and you should practice. I mean, that's great. But my question to, to, to everyone is, will that mirror give you feedback? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not right, right? I mean, uh, you would probably want to practice with someone who's able to give you feedback. Or for that matter of fact, at least practice recording yourself. So at least you can go back and look at what you've done. And, you know, you can see what are your areas of opportunities rather than just practicing in front of mirror, which you would cannot even see again. And the mirror is never going to give you the feedback at the same time. So I think that's really, really important. That's an ideal um, place to focus on. So preparation with the right feedback, I think is really important because that that will not just only give you confidence when you're preparing yourself because you know that you're doing the right things. And and that is where, you know, mentors and coaches and people like me come into the picture. Uh, And of course, it will make you stand out from the competition at the same time because, you know, the way you prepare yourself, you you would understand everything from a very different perspective. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one. Uh, when it comes to the interviews itself, I think that's that's where a lot of people, even if you've prepared everything and you've you know gone through like those hundred and twenty questions, hundred and fifty questions, is where you lose the confidence when you know the interviewer starts asking you uh, questions and suddenly you start fumbling and things like uh-huh. that, right? So I think what's really important is, um, especially when you are in that interview, it's really important to, you know, uh, understand that it's a process. As I was just telling you, at the end of the day, a lot of people think of it as a, as a Q&A session or, you know, that the interviewers are sitting here to ask me questions. It's really about perspective shifts. And I always tell my students, do you really think the interviewers are sitting there to reject you? Because, you know, that's the first mind, that, that's the mindset that all of us have when we go to the interviews or what if the interviewers is going to reject me? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but, but people don't look at it from a different perspective. Interviewers are actually organizing this whole thing because they want to select people. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Right? Actually, yeah. the onus is on you, whether you are able to actually tell your interviewers whether you are worthy of the position, you fit into the role. So actually, the owners is, is entirely on you and not really on the interviewers, I feel. They're just following the checklist. So, so the more you make it a conversation, the more you... And, 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 you know, a lot of people focus on being perfect. And I always tell them it's really not about being perfect. It's really about personalization because... Um, that, that's what the interviewers look for. They want to be able to get to know you more. That's the whole idea of organizing this whole thing. So I think just having that perspective shift when you're at the interview itself does make a lot of difference. And uh, especially when it comes to your peers, you know, and I always tell people that when you go for interviews, uh, you know, a lot of interview coaches would probably say that, hey, don't compare yourself to other people around you. Yeah, yeah. But, but I always tell people that you should. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think a little bit differently, but I always tell people that it's good to compare. It's okay to compare because it's a natural process, you know. Mm-hmm. You cannot inhibit yourself completely from doing something that comes naturally to you. So instead of actually focusing on the process itself, just focus on the consequence. So even if you're comparing yourself, it's okay. What's important is, are you comparing yourself to self-enhance or are you comparing yourself to self-evaluate? I think that is where you need to draw that line. So I tell my students, like, it's okay to compare, but just don't self-evaluate because you're already there, right? Mm -hmm. Just just focus on self-enhancing yourself. If, If you see someone doing something really good and if you happen to learn something and if you want to incorporate that, Go ahead and do that. So don't be intimidated, but intimidated by people around you. Like use that as an opportunity to learn and grow. And you know, maybe if you don't get selected today, maybe you can use yeah. that to get selected the next time, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think I think that's really important. And of course, post interviews. Uh, I think what's really important is that instead of sitting with the rejection, if you happen to face it, 
you, you really need to like dig a little bit deeper and understand what could be the areas of opportunities and how you can, how you can change what has happened, you know, and, and not probably follow the same things. You probably need to find out how you can do this differently to be able to achieve a different result the next time. So, so I think those would be probably my tips when it comes to dealing with uh, pure competition and having that confident mindset. Yes, yes. And very too many valid points and a lot of advice actually to the students who are looking to get into their dream jobs. But one more question I would like to just ask out of curiosity is that, you know, uh, when you think about these long processes of having seven to eight rounds of interview, um, sometimes it happens that, you know, I have heard the other side of the story as well from some of the people that they got into that dream job. And then at the end, when they work at their particular job role is that is not something that you know through the interview process that they understood about the role and then once they join it they're not going much like a proactive or the challenging work that they thought that you know throughout that interview process they imagined that their role, role will be like this and that kind of and then when they had that reality check they're completely unsatisfied that you know uh, they're not getting challenged or they're not thinking that you know they are moving in the right direction so that is something I just feel that, you know, that is a kind of a gap between understanding. So it's little more on the hiring side as well to make that uh, on the other side that what their day to day job will look like rather than, you know, just um, giving them the same uh, kind of environment where they just think that this is going to be my dream job. So it's not about, you know, which organization you are joining in. It is at the end comes down to what are the roles and responsibilities you're going to handle in that particular role rather than the role or the job title or the organization name. So that is also very important, I guess. And, I completely agree. I completely agree with you on that, for sure, for yeah. sure. And yes. you mentioned a lot more valid points, actually, and a lot of tips as well. But in our next segment, actually, to just summarize a couple of tips or advice to the people who are actually looking to become a coach like you or mentor like you and mentor many more people out there or looking you know, any airlines kind of a field as their long-term career option? Um, so I think, I think uh, two different things. So of course, if someone's uh, looking to being a coach, I think what's really important is to get some right credentials first, because I, I personally feel like uh, these days, everybody is a coach in some way or the other, which I think is great. But I personally feel um, one, you have to sort of look into a niche that you want to uh, work with because I think that's really really important because once you have a niche you're able to establish your thought leadership your brand identity along those lines so having right credentials and of course working with a particular niche would definitely help you establish that credibility along the lines uh, and that's 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 one of the reasons is I chose cabin crew to be my niche uh, but of course, as I said, I do other interviews as well, but it's just that I wanted to establish like thought leadership and brand identity from that perspective. Um, and when it comes to aviation in general, I think uh, COVID has not been very uh, kind <laughs> to the aviation industry. Uh, it's gone through a lot of turbulence uh, in last uh, two years, but it's picking up, it's picking up. So I, I do see people being able to make this as their long-term career. Uh, but that's the only truth that I want to tell people about this particular job. So a lot of times, a lot of people probably might think that there is a lot of 
uh, progression progression in this particular industry. But honestly, there is not a lot of progression. So if if you're someone who is looking forward to becoming a, a cabin crew, you have to understand that your job role primarily is not going to change much over the years. Probably it will become a supervisor, you'll become a, a you know in-flight supervisor. But at the end of the day, your main roles and responsibilities still boils down to taking care of passengers, their safety and security. Of course, you have a team that you work towards and you do take supervisory positions, but your primary roles and responsibilities still remain the same. So, so that is something that I, I just want people to consider because when they look at this role, they look at all the glam and, you know, <laughs> the travel. And, yeah. and that is where we do see a lot of dropouts, actually, you know, in the first few years, because when people actually, as you were, you were just mentioning, you know, uh, people get into the role and then they realize, oh, this is not for them because they thought that they'll be traveling the world and this is going to be such a glamorous job but at the end of the day um, passengers are shouting and things like that and you you <laughs> you don't think through this so yeah. so just weigh those kind of pros and cons before you actually get into it because I know as good as it looks to see those stewardesses and stewards up in the air it, the job has a lot of uh, challenges physically emotionally mentally it does come come with a lot of that Mm, yeah, that's great, actually. And this is very, very useful, actually, the insight that you have mentioned, right, about particular job role, that whenever you are looking, it's very, very important that you are not just going as your dream job or something. It is very, very important that you make sure that you are ready to be in that shoes and, you know, <laughs> uh, fulfill the requirements for that particular job role. As you mentioned, that reality is always hard, actually, to accept, <laughs> you know, <laughs> being just in the dream world. So uh, thank you so much. And the way you are speaking, the talking, I can completely see that you are a leader. So, and you are leading your area of expertise. So what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? So my leadership style is actually really walk the talk. And it's more of more of engaging with people that I work with. Uh, my leadership style has never been to just give instructions. So I do have a set of interns that actually work with me as well, uh, who help me in my, you know, content creation. And, uh, you know, in that process, they learn quite a lot, so especially the one who contacted you. Uh, you know, she wanted to develop confidence in dealing with people, talking to people. So that's one of the ways we sought out that, you know, she has to reach out and if she faces any challenges, how she would talk to people and things like that. So that's one way of developing confidence. Uh, so yeah, my style is very allowing them to grow and just, you know, um, deal with challenges. And I don't have to step in. I'm, I'm not somebody who micromanages at all. Um, in fact, if someone asks me a question, my usually my response is, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I usually true. never end up even giving answers yeah. because I want people to think, I want people to challenge themselves. So I think that's really, really important. And, and I really want them to... You know, if you're a leader, I think it's really important to see people that you work with to grow and become leaders. I think that's really important because ultimately that is what they want, right? To, to get what they want and then ultimately grow in that position. So I think that's really important as a leader. I feel you have to see them grow. You can't just, you know, give them a job, but you have to see them grow. And I think that's really important. So yeah, my leadership style is actually very simple. I don't micromanage. Um, I will step in when it's needed, uh, but I will let you go through your own challenges and suffer as much as <laughs> if you have to, to be able to learn. Uh -huh. um, 
so, so that's what I do. Uh, yeah, but overall, I feel, uh, you know, le- leadership in your own area of expertise is also really, really important because uh, and that, that's where the thought leadership also comes into the play, especially when you, when you are, uh, especially for coaches like us, I believe, who are in a particular field in mentoring. So having that thought leadership is really, really important as well. Uh, but yeah, that is overall my leadership style. Um, do I follow any specific leaders, actually? Uh-huh. Uh, honestly, not really. <laughs> you know, you want to be the leader who would like to see yourself as a leader. So that is important. Like, you know, it, it is said that, right? So be the leader you wish to be. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. But I mean, it's just, yeah, for some reason, I don't have a particular leader that I, I follow. Of course, I mean, there are a lot of people that you gain a lot of experience from along along the way. You know, there have been some amazing leaders and mm-hmm. you probably learn and implement along the way, but mm-hmm. not, no one in specific. <laughs> no, that's great, actually. And the way you're talking, I can definitely see uh, your leadership style, uh, definitely more proactive. And as you mentioned, it is more or about helping your team rather than just, you know, uh, rather than having that self-centered approach of uh, growing myself to the next level. That kind of. And thank you so much for sharing that. Really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the Soul Lead Saturday and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. And you're doing an amazing job yourself. Thank you for having me. Um, I did listen to some of the other podcasts and I think there's a lot of valuable information that people have been sharing and thank you for putting it out there so everyone can actually benefit from it. So, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So this is all about Nidhi and the way she's managing to lead her areas of expertise. Before we close our today's episode, we have a closure quote from E.E. Cummings, and it's about being yourself in this world. So the quote says, to be nobody but yourself in a world that's doing its best to make you somebody else is to fight the hardest battle you are ever going to fight. Never stop fighting. So on that quote, we are closing today's episode. See you guys in the next episode. Until we meet, happy leading. Let's lead together. Stay safe. Bye for now.